Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus addressed this parable to the Pharisees and scribes. What man among you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, would not leave the ninety-nine in the desert and go after the lost one until he finds it? And when he does find it, he sets it on his shoulders with great joy. And upon his arrival home, he calls together his friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, in just the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous people who have no need of repentance. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. All right, can you uh, record it? Have your phone. I want to post it for people later. Just record. So, so today, guys, is obviously we got an awesome, awesome praise the Lord. I mean, think about it. It's isn't it awesome? Like on the feast of the Sacred Heart, the Supreme Court overturns Roe versus Wade as a federal law. I mean that that's awesome. I mean, and think about it like this: that's God's heart, right? This is God's heart. Like God is a God of life. God wants us to have life and life to the full, right? And so as believers in Jesus Christ, as our Lord, our Savior, and our King, he says, you know, take my yoke upon you, says the Lord. Learn from me, for I'm meek and humble of heart. So today's the solemnity, right, of the sacred heart of Jesus. Here in our Ablaze Chapel, um, we have, uh, you know, for example, right here, we have uh, a relic of the bones of the 12 apostles. These men... These bones of these saints uh, are, are men who allowed the sacred heart of Jesus to catch them ablaze, to catch fire with the heart of Jesus. And then we have many other saints. We have Therese, we have Gemma, we have Faustina, uh, we have Philomena, we have, I have here with me St. Charbel, another great saint of God. Um, we, have, we have many relics here. We have John Paul II. I mean, think about it. We got the bones of all these saints. Now, why do we have the bones of the saints? Because when you have the heart of Jesus, your body becomes holy, sacred, precious. Because why? Because the heart of Jesus is his precious blood in us, his presence in us, his power in us, his spirit in us. And the Lord wants to give his heart to the world. Jesus wants to give his heart to every person. Okay. Now, how's he going to do that? He needs us to say yes to him. Think of our blessed mother. She said, yes, God, yes. You can have a human heart, Jesus. Because remember, he's a divine person with two natures, a human nature and a divine nature, right? So he always was, always is, always will be. But he assumed a human nature through the blessed mother's yes. So Mary's immaculate heart gave Jesus his sacred heart. Her, sac- her immaculate heart said, yes, Lord. We are called, like our blessed mother, we're called to imitate the blessed mother's yes to life. God is not just, you know, an idea. God is life. God is love. So think about that. The Lord's saying, say yes to me. 
say yes to life. And, and we praise God. I mean, think of all the people that have prayed for a long time. They, people have prayed a long time for the what? For the coming of the Holy Spirit. People prayed so long for what? For the Lord's yes to come forth today as we celebrate life through Jesus and the Supreme Court striking down this evil of abortion. So that why? So that other little kids, little children can have life and life to the full. So think about that, 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 that God's calling us all to say yes to him. So it says here in our gospel, it says, Jesus addressed this parable to the Pharisees and scribes. What man among you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, would not leave the 99 in the desert and go after the one lost? So think about it. The Lord says, leaving the 99. That song was coming to me, right? The song, uh, Reckless Love. That's what it's all about. But this whole idea of Jesus leaves the 99 and goes after the one lost sheep. So it might be tempting because, see, the world doesn't think of each person as valuable. The world that we live in thinks of, you know, you're only valuable if you can do something, if you can perform, if you can earn, if you can somehow pump into the system. But we believe as Catholic Christians that life is precious from conception to natural death. We believe that the person that's in a hospital bed with the stroke has value. And one of the things that we learn from those who maybe can't take care of themselves, we learn how to love, don't we? So an unborn baby needs the mother to allow it to continue to live. An unborn child needs to be nourished by that mother. Just in many ways as a, as a child that's just born out of the womb does, you know, one, two, three, four, whatever years old, they can't take care of themselves. So they require care. But think about this. Isn't it awesome that God built right into the process a, a, a demand for us to learn to love? Because love requires us to forget about ourselves and to serve that child to serve that mother, to serve that father, to serve that coworker, that family member, that friend. So we're called to what? Live the mass. This is my body given up for you. Isn't that what a mother says when she says yes to life? This is my body given up for you. Isn't that what Mary said when she allowed Jesus to be conceived and, and, and born through her? This is my body given up to you, Jesus. Isn't that what all the saints in this chapel said at some point in their lives, this is my body given up for you. This is my blood poured out for you. Do this in memory of me. So as Catholic Christians, we have the Eucharist, which is the source and summit of our faith. Why is the Mass, the Eucharist, the source and summit of our faith? Because everything we do points back to living the Mass. The Mass is the mystical presentation of Jesus's greatest act of love ever, which is on the cross. This is my body given up for you. As baptized, we are called to allow the grace of baptism to be activated in us so we can live the mass. This is my body poured out for you. This is my blood poured out for you. Do this in memory of me. So think of confirmation. What's confirmation? It's a sacrament where we do what? We are empowered to live the mass. So baptism is inviting us into the mystical offering of the mass. Confirmation is the empowerment to live the Mass outside the church walls, to go out to baptize all nations in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit, right? Think of marriage. Marriage is what? It's the Mass. 
You have the bridegroom and you have the bride. It's the Eucharist. The marriage is the Eucharist, if you will. It's, it's the whole idea of being an image and a model of the Eucharist, right? So the priesthood, obviously, a priest is the bridegroom, the church is the bride. Through the priest, we give to the bride, the church, the body and blood of Jesus. We can't have a, you cannot have a valid Eucharist without a valid priesthood. And this is where we, we, we understand holy orders, ordination, where the apostles had apostolic succession, right? So when, when one of the apostles would die, they would, they would be succeeded by another through apostolic succession, through the laying on of hands, through the bishop of the early church, they would make another bishop, allow the Lord to ordain that man as a bishop, who then has priests as co-workers under him to perpetuate and to spread what? The Eucharist, the sacraments, the church, the power of God. Think of anointing of the sick. Anointing of the sick is when you're anointed through the oils of the sick, what happens? Well, when you're sick, you're vulnerable to the enemy. The enemy wants to pull the carpet out from under you. The enemy wants to rob us of living the Mass. So the sacrament of anointing is empowerment to live out the Eucharist. It's empowerment during times of illness to still be able to say, this is my body given for you. This is my blood poured out for you. Through the anointing of the sick, we live the Mass out. And what does that mean? Souls are being saved all over the world as you and I allow ourselves to work in the vineyard, to be kingdom builders, live with a renewed mind, understanding, put on the mind of Christ. We are called to promote life, life to the full, because Jesus is life. God is life. God is love, right? Love and life inseparably connected. So if we're truly loving, we are truly supporting all life from conception to natural death. And today we give praise to the Lord. He says, rejoice with me. This is what Jesus says. Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, in just the same way, there'll be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who have no need of repentance. So we pray for conversion of our hearts. Lord, convert my heart that I can love you more. Help me, Lord. Lord, forgive me for ways I've not lived the Mass out. Forgive me, Lord, for ways I've not lived out the, the sacrament of baptism that I received. Forgive me for ways that I've quenched the Holy Spirit and not allowed the full manifestation of the Holy Spirit. That's why I do a blaze, by the way. That's why I do praise. Praise gets you out of yourself. We're so full of ourselves. We're so focused on ourselves. We're too self-conscious. Little kids are not afraid to worship, to dance, to celebrate, to be free. And this is why we have to cast our eyes upon the Lord. Like all these saints and the relics of these saints in this chapel, the bones of these saints, these are men and women who had to give up their life so they could find their life. Scripture says, unless you lose your life, you will not find it. We're, we're too self-conscious in our culture. We need to forget about ourselves because Jesus has paid the price. Jesus died for each one of us. And he died to set us free from fear. Perfect love casts out fear. So we ask the Lord today on this solemnity of his sacred heart. Lord, I want to be found. There's parts of you and I that are still lost. Think of it like this. 
Think of the 99 as not so much persons. Think of the 99 as parts of you that are okay with the Lord. But think of that 1% of you that's still not given over to the Lord. There's, there's percentage of us all in this chapel, those watching, there's a percentage of us that haven't yet been given over to the Lord. What does it mean to give your life to Jesus? What does it mean to truly live as a, as a, as a beloved son and daughter of God? What does it mean to, to, to live the Mass? Think about it. What does it mean to live the Mass today? When I'm driving, how do I live the Mass? When I'm shopping, how do I live the Mass? When I'm in my marriage, in my family, in my workplace, how do I live the Mass? How do we live the Mass each and every day of our lives? Because, again, when, it, when we die one day and we stand before God, He's basically going to say in a nutshell, how did you live the Mass? How did you love me? That's what He's going to ask us. How did you love me? And hopefully we're not like stumbling for words. Okay, hopefully we're like clear as daylight. I loved you, Lord, when I served you in the poor, the homeless, the, the downtrodden, the, the weak, the imprisoned, the sick, the dying. I served you, Lord. I prayed my prayers for those souls that are in need of divine mercy. But again, think of all the people that have prayed over the last decades for an end to this evil of abortion. And obviously, it's the heart that has to change. But just like a good parent, just because your kids want to color on the wall and you know it's going to hurt their feelings if you put a law down that says don't color on the wall, they still might want to color on the wall, but the law, at least in your home, prevents them from coloring on that wall, even though they want to still color on the wall. And there's a consequence when you color on that wall because of this house rule that we just made. This is our house. If you color on that wall, you get time out. You get whacked on the butt a few times. You cannot color on the walls, okay? And in our culture, we tend to have this idea that, you know, laws are enslaving us. Actually, rules and laws free you to be your maximum potential. Think about, think of the College World Series happening right now. Imagine if all the empires are like, you know what? No more rules. Just play however you want. There's, there's no more three outs. There's ten outs. You know, the home run is if you make it over the infield, that's a home run. We're just changing. Another guy says, you know, I have a great idea. Let's have it so if you can run up through the stands five times, you get ten points. And another guy says, yeah, and then how about this? Each player, if you can eat ten hot dogs, you actually can win the game. So what I'm saying is like, you make rules in a baseball game, make the game fun. Make the game worthwhile watching. Make the game what it is. When you start taking all the rules away, you basically simply ruin everything. And when we want to live lawlessly without rules, perhaps today we think of abortion. When we want to live without laws and rules, or we want to make rules that allow us to be sinful, then what we're doing is destroying ourselves and culture and people. Because nobody can tell me that God celebrates abortion. Nobody can tell me that God celebrates the destruction of any human life from the beginning to the end. I mean, that, that, if that's our image of God, then it's no wonder we have no sense of wanting to even go to heaven. Because why would I want to go to heaven with a God who who celebrates the destruction of life. That would be like saying to your spouse, I celebrate when you, when you fight with me. I just love when you fight with me. I just love being, I love getting in fights with people. I just love uh, being miserable. I love it. No, 
that, we, that don't make any sense. So abortion really doesn't make sense. Abortion does not make sense. Why? Because it's destroying human life. No destruction of life is from God. Now we know that hearts are broken. And yeah, we want to cut on that wall. We want to do whatever we want. But we have to have the humility to see that God gives us the grace to love, even when it's tough. And love when it's tough is choosing life, even when it's not easy to choose life. You know, choosing to say a life-giving word to somebody that's hurt you is tough. Choosing to forgive somebody that's hurt you is tough. Choosing to uh, do something for someone, perhaps let's say you don't have any time and you see somebody's starving. Well, hopefully we just don't be like, oh, I hope they find some food, goodbye. You know, like we, we, we put on hold what we think is important and we think about that person that's in need. And yeah, it might demand of us more than we want to give, but remember, the mass is sacrificial. This is my body given up for you. This is my blood poured out for you. Do this in memory of me. So we celebrate today this awesome day, the sacred heart of Jesus who knew that this would be the day that the Supreme Court would strike down as a federal law, this evil of abortion. And it says, I am the good shepherd, Jesus says. I know my sheep and mine know me. So we are his beloved sheep and God knows us. He knows we're made for life and love. He knows we're not made to destroy life and love. So let's ask him for humility. Let's ask him for this. This is not just for all those people that are for abortion now that are maybe upset. No, it's us too. Because life, being pro-life means how we speak every day, how we treat people, how we love people or not. Everything we do is really pro-life if it's godly. Everything that we do that's not holy is actually not pro-life, right? So God is life. So let's ask for these graces today. You know, my brothers and sisters, the love of God has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been granted to us. For Christ, while we were still helpless, died at the appointed time for the ungodly. Indeed, only with difficulty does one die for a just person, though perhaps for a good person, one might find the courage to die. But God proves his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How much more then, since we are now justified by his blood, will we be saved through him from the wrath? Indeed, if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, how much more once reconciled will we be saved by his life? Not only that, but we also boast of God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation.